Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,369. I might not be the most naturally talented person, but I can excel in my willingness to outwork you. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest. Calling in from Toluca Lake, California, Michael Miles. Hey, Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm all strapped in, ready to go. All right, safe and sound. Michael Miles is a filmmaker and co-director whose most recent production, is a film documentary titled Rapid Response that will be in movie theaters beginning September 6, 2019 and beyond. You'll recall past Cars guest Dr. Stephen Olvey, who wrote the book Rapid Response, a story about his life working in motorsports to save drivers who've been in racing accidents. Michael was born disabled, and his experience gave him a conquering spirit, plus the ability to overcome adversity, along with a great respect for modern medicine. Over the past 15 years, he has worked as an editor on independent film documentaries, and in 2014, he and Roger Hins formed a Mile Away Productions, and their first television documentary is this film, Rapid Response. The film also honors one of the doctors who took care of Michael when he was a child, Dr. Jerry Trammell. I've had the luxury of watching this film. It's absolutely fantastic and a must-see, most definitely. Check out the website for film locations in your area. Michael, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a passion that you have for automobiles and filmmaking? Yeah, essentially, I'm a uh, documentary film producer. Uh, We specialize in motorsports and, I guess, motoring projects at at this point in time. That's what we've done. It's We're both fans, me and Roger, so we came to it uh, with the desire to bring um, kind of our our fan perspective and some high quality filmmaking. I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, so I'm I'm a racing fan. It's in my blood, and I've been working in Hollywood for mm, about 15 years now on various different things. But this is my first step into uh, producing a, a feature length documentary, all done by myself. Project I found, passion project of mine since about 2008. Absolutely. Well. I'll tell our listeners that uh, Michael sent me the film to watch beforehand. I got to watch it. It's very, very interesting, very cool. It's a nice play off the book when I had Dr. Stephen Olvey in the show, and it really shows the evolution of the care and the thought that 
that these doctors put into caring for these race car drivers and how antiquated things were back in the day. I mean, you go way back, it was just absolutely absurd. But even recent decades, just how really poor the help that drivers would get because it just wasn't any. I mean, it was ridiculous. Loading people into news helicopters that had been in serious accidents. I mean, the film portrays some interesting things, but obviously how far we've come now to where they can help these drivers right on the spot. Uh, in fact, I just had a, a guest on the show, or we'll have a guest on the show on Monday, who is, um, uh, well, Zef Eisenberg is a, a high-speed, land-speed record guy, and he was in a serious accident where he crashed and literally died. And if it wasn't for the doctors there at the track to revive him, bring him back, uh, took months and months of recovery, and now he's back setting land speed records. Uh, he wouldn't be with us here today. So very pertinent that we're talking about this uh, and having talk with uh, Zef, who's coming up on Monday, is pretty fascinating. Well, as we continue on your journey, Michael, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah, so Michael, take the wheel. Yeah, I've got uh, two that came to mind immediately for me. The number one kind of, I guess they're mantras and not really quotes, but uh, is never get too high in the good times and never get too low in the bad times. And and to me, that's important just because especially doing, um, you know, there's, it can apply in many things, but being a filmmaker, there's a lot of days that feel like, oh, we've turned the corner, all the problems are solved and everything's going to be smooth sailing. And as soon as you think that, then the worst day comes the next day. And as soon as you believe that you're out of the game and then nothing's going to ever work, then, you know, you've just wasted all the energy. So you, you've got to learn how to just stay even keel. The second one is just something that my dad used to say all the time. Uh, my dad was a wrestler in high school and in college before he uh, went to medical school. And I kind of followed in his footsteps and we're both short little men. And my dad used to say all the time to me, and I really internalized it and it started for wrestling and then it passed, you know, into the rest of my life, which was, I might not be the most naturally talented person, but I can excel in my willingness to outwork you. And it's just something I apply constantly. You know, I love this because my father told me the same thing. He said, Hey, Mark, you know, uh, if you can outwork people, you'll always win. And I've used that throughout time uh, in careers, and it's enabled me to move up on the, the career ladder chain and, and do some pretty incredible things. My dad always said, show up before the boss. Don't leave until after he leaves. Uh, treat your business like it's your own, and no matter what level you're at, and you'll always excel. But if you can outwork that next guy, and it's not really that hard to outwork people, it seems like. Uh, most people kind of want to put in their time and bail out. And uh, if you just stick around and keep working hard, uh, you can really get ahead. So it sounds like you and I had great fathers for sure. Well, I would like to talk about a story that instigated this passion here for cars. Growing up in Indianapolis, yeah, most definitely. I spent a lot of time there. My previous career, uh, we had a distribution center there, so I was going back there quite often. Great place, great people. We we inter- or hired a lot of great people that worked for us there in a pick-and-pack operation, wonderful people. And the uh, Indiana area and got to go to the racetrack there a bunch of times and see the Indy 500 and the F1 races when they were running. Tell us a story that involves you and this passion that you kind of got to be a car guy. Well, it's actually funny because, you know, motorsports is all around you in Indianapolis. I mean, it's present. All the teams are there. It's reported on on the local news and in the newspapers daily. So honestly, when you're growing up in it, 
it doesn't even seem like it's anything that's special about you, but you're, you're constantly connected to the speed. You go out to the speedway, you, you experience it all the time. But, but really for me personally, especially with just having a vehicle, I, I didn't really super connect with driving cars. I like to be a spectator, but driving automobiles really happened when I had my first girlfriend and I grew up on the south side of Indianapolis, which is quite near the country. And she lived in a place called uh, Fairland, Indiana, which was way southeast. And it took me about 20 minutes driving old country roads that were almost abandoned, you know, on a daily basis to to get out there. So I grew my passion right there was just driving winding old country roads up and down fast, you know, being able to just kind of roll the windows down, turn the music up and feel the freedom. And to me, that's the same connection I love in my car today. The things we do when we're young and in love are those, (laughs) those, those pretty girls that we fall in love with. Yeah. uh, That's pretty cool. I love it. You know, that whole area is beautiful. And I I can only imagine driving the country roads there and the fields and the, uh, the farms and the smells and everything. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. He took me to a great place there. Well, I want to take a look at the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way. But most importantly, what is the lesson learned here? And tell us how this experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career, your business, and your life. Yeah. I mean, I've faced several. As I mentioned, uh, I guess you, you read and mentioned in my bio, I was born disabled. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in doctor's offices as a young man. And uh, that disability is a congenital deformity of my left arm and hand. And that meant that I was born with no thumb on my left hand and my arm is dislocated. My elbow is dislocated from, you know, naturally from before I was born. And so I had about, I don't know, six surgeries on my left arm before I was 10 years old or 11 years old, somewhere in that range. Then I developed scoliosis, which is how I was <laughs> became the patient of uh, one of the doctors in our film, Dr. Terry Trammell. And he had me wear a back brace, which is um, essentially a contraption to keep your spine straight. I wore that 23 hours a day. And then I had my spine eventually fused at 16. And uh, I had a few other minor little cleanup surgeries after that. But the biggest challenge I actually think in kind of this lead up is <laughs> important because when you're a kid and you have a disability, it actually doesn't feel that abnormal to be going through what you're doing because you're doing it from such a young age. It's part of your life routine. But as you get older, you're more aware of how abnormal it is, and you're excited to get past that point. Well, as I reached maturity, they said, okay, well, we've treated you. You're in good shape. And in um, 2012, I was probably the longest I had ever been without having a surgery in my life. It was something like uh, seven or eight years, and I was walking across Ventura Boulevard in Studio City, California, here in Los Angeles, and a young woman was text messaging oh, on no. her cell phone, drove oh, no. through the intersection, and hit me oh, um, while I was on the crosswalk. Yeah. And wow. um, the lessons learned there have been many, but I would say the most important thing hit me pretty right away, which was I was hit pretty significantly and went through flying through the air after coming off the hood of the car. She came through the intersection at pretty high speed. and. When I saw the car coming, my initial reaction was that I was going to die in that moment. 
And when I woke up alive, I couldn't believe it. And I had this, this dual reaction, and this lives with me today, which is, why did this happen to me? But also, why did I get to survive? Why, why, why am I alive? And, you know, it's one of those things. Growing up in the Midwest, you have snowstorms and ice storms. And every year you hear about somebody who goes outside, slips on some ice, hits their head, and is either killed or a vegetable. I went flying through the air, and there's no real explanation why, even after hitting my head on the pavement, uh, I didn't have anything more than a, a concussion. And it's pretty unexplainable. So, you know, it's very easy mentally to dwell on the woe is me part of it, which I don't deny. You know, like it feels pretty unlucky to be born disabled and then to be in a freak accident. But the flip side of it is, is that I'm also incredibly fortunate and I have some injuries and physical struggles from that. Mainly it broke my hip. So I have some pain from that. But for the most part, it didn't really affect my quality of life at all. And there, the only reason that I can come up with is that God had plans for me. Well, your story is amazing to me in, in several ways. And, you know, first and foremost, the things you struggle with, I can't imagine being a kid and having to go through all that before the age of 11. That must have instilled in you a fortitude and the ability to manage through all of this what could be despair uh, for many people. You're right. They Things happen to them. They woe is me and they go down a dark place. Sounds like you probably had some great parents and supporters around you. And of course, Dr. Jerry Trammell, who uh, documented in the uh, rapid response film that you created, uh, seems to be one of those positive people. He's in there about how do I save people? How do I uh, help people go forward? But then to have a car accident where somebody whacks you, man, get off your phones. if you. Put your phones away, please, while you're driving. This is what you can do to somebody's life. Let me ask you this. For people that might be in a place right now, and maybe they've been in an accident, and I've had lots of people on this show, uh, guests earlier this year, uh, Tim Medvitz, who's a motorcycle guy who was whacked and pretty much killed and revived and brought back, and his recovery story is amazing. You have to listen to that show. Um, and the guest that I just mentioned, uh, motorcycle guy, um, uh, Zeph uh, Eisenberg, who was literally killed at the end of a high-speed run, crashed on a motorcycle doing 240 miles an hour and died, was revived, taken to the hospital, and went on to, to live. And now he's back on bikes doing it again. What is it that you pull up from yourself, Michael, that you could share with somebody that might be listening going through a tough time to help them see there is a future past this current situation? You know, I don't I don't know that that's something that can be generalized. I think it's so individual and I and I really think that what's so kind of individual about it is that you have to figure out what you and this is a little harder and um for some people and a little bit more straightforward for others. But like the the drivers, one of the things that I'm always interested in uh, you know, the subject material of the movie and uh, you know, some of the gentlemen you're talking about, the writers and their injuries is that they know exactly what they, why they want to heal, <laughs> mm. why they want to yes. overcome. They're yes. driven immediately because they want to get back on the bike or back in the car. Yeah. That's what's driving. That's their passion. I think that's what everybody needs to figure out is what they want to do, why they want to live, why they want to be better and go forward. And once you have that, it's, it's actually not that hard. 
And one of the amazing things, I guess, for me at that time is that Dr. Terry Trammell, who, you know, had treated me and my scoliosis and stuff when I was a child in Indianapolis, uh, happened to be in Los Angeles a few weeks later, and we had to call him so medical records could be shared with the hospitals and they could check on my spine and some other things. But he actually offered to come by and sit at my apartment and look at things again and talk and did a house visit. And this is kind of the, the medical manner that he had and how he treated drivers and things for all these years. And we had enough of a relationship at that point. And as we sat and I was injured, not even walking yet, my hip, I, I couldn't put any weight on it for 12 weeks, I think. And uh, he, he and I just sat and chatted. And at that point in time is when I did, made the decision that once I was recovered and um, capable over hell or high water, we were making rapid response. And it was a project that I had been trying to put together, but also there was enough complications in life and financial reasons with the economy that the film hadn't come together at that point. But I remember sitting there talking to him and saying, as soon as I'm better, we're going to do this. And that was my goal. I think that's how you have to look at it. What What are you going forward for? Set Set yourself a goal, whether that be a great trip or, you know, run run a marathon or whatever it might be, and then and then work. You know, you've got to be realistic inside of what your situation is. But I think there's amazing things that we can all accomplish, and we don't always we we're not always aware of it until we're challenged. You know, you hit the nail on the head there, Michael. I'm so glad you that was your your answer to this because it is important, and we. You think back to my talk with Tim Medvitz, his his driving force goal was to climb Mount Everest. He goes, look, I'm gonna, they told him he'd never walk again. Uh, in fact, they were going to have to amputate one of his feet because it was so messed up, and luckily they were able to save it. But he said, you know what? I, I went into depression from drugs and alcohol because of my rehabilitation, and, and I finally somehow clawed my way out and said, I got to set a goal for myself here because... I'm just going to waste away. And he said, I'm going to go climb Mount Everest. He set a goal so high, (laughs) literally, excuse the pun, that everyone said, there's no way. His doctor said, you can't do that. You're crazy. Uh, It's the same with Zeph Eisenberg. He just said, you know what? In one year, the anniversary of my accident, I'm going to be going 200 miles an hour on a motorcycle. And everybody, including his doctor, said, you're nuts. Are you trying to kill yourself? No, that's my goal. That was my dream. That's what I was doing. I I set a record. Uh, so you're right. You have to set a goal. And it's that way in life in general. Don't you think, Michael, that if you don't set goals, if you don't set targets, uh, you just kind of fill the hours of the day and waste away, right? Oh, I, I completely agree. You're just marking time otherwise. That's not living. Yeah. Living is no. chasing something. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you can't get there, even if you set it so high, at least you've got something you're chasing and you can try. And you know what? You might just do it. In fact, I guess you will. In fact, I know you will. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Well, I've had a couple that I really enjoyed, but I think my favorite one is actually fairly recent. So in 2013, I went and did a a European delivery of a BMW, and Ah, it was a 4 Series M Sport. So it was a 435i M Sport, Estoril Blue with red interior. It was the, I was told that it was the second of the four series that was European delivered in Munich, which I don't know if you're familiar with that process, but you can order a car specially and go pick it up and drive it on the Autobahn. So um, I I, I promptly scared my wife and we went uh, 120 (laughs) some miles an hour on the Autobahn about three hours later. But that, that to me is 
probably still to this day. I've owned a couple of cars since, and that's my favorite uh, favorite automobile. I mean, I expect it exactly to my taste, and just had so much fun being able to go out and, and do that experience in, in Germany. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I'll tell our listeners on Michael's show notes page on the Cars Show website. We got a picture of that car. Uh, with he and his lovely bride. And, uh, man, that, yeah, that's a cool car. I've done that. I did that at the Porsche factory in 96, picked up a car and got to drive it for two weeks all over Europe before it got shipped back. I've been to, uh, Munich to the BMW factory. I have not taken delivery, although I've had many BMW, uh, M3s over the years, still have one right now, but, uh, it's a cool way to take delivery of a car and get out there and have fun. And they set up these really nice drives for you. They can even set up hotels and things. And then you can drop it off at any one of a number of places. They ship it back, and uh, it's the way to get a European car for sure. Do you have a seller's remorse story, Michael, a car you've let go you really wish you'd had back? So it's actually the same story. So I, I did a lease on that vehicle at the time with the intention that I was going to purchase it at the end of the lease. But it was my first, you know, I guess, luxury car, my first BMW. And I had always been told, oh, you know, these things are tough on, they're not the most reliable. So, you know, be careful. So I said, all right, I'll lease it for a couple of years and see if I have any problems. It was a brand new model. And the only thing that happened was that right before, I would say, the last six months of my ownership of it, I got rear-ended by uh, oh, a no. car on the freeway. Oh, gosh. And I started having some issues with the transmission after that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I let it, I let the car go because I felt like that was a smart financial decision to turn it in. And they were aware of it and I had gotten it worked on and a couple of things, but it's it still, I still miss it. I still, that car exactly <laughs> is special. Well, you can always get another one. That's a great thing. It's not like a super rare one-off car. So you can always order another one. Let's talk about this uh, documentary that I got to watch. It's absolutely very cool called Rapid Response. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this film what it took to put it together, and why it's so important to you. Yeah, um, so Rapid Response is a feature-like documentary film. It's actually a theatrical doc, so it's going to be in U.S. theaters, Canadian theaters, and in the U.K. in cinemas on September 6, 2019. The film is based on a book written by Dr. Stephen Olvey, who it's just essentially his memoirs from being a track safety worker, and uh, that was a career that he began in the at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the 1960s when he was a medical student and was the you know, chief, um, well, I'm trying to remember the exact title, chief medical director of yeah, championship so. auto racing yeah. teams, I believe was the title that he had. Uh, and that was from Kart's beginning in 1979 up until, you know, they basically ceased to exist and folded back into IndyCar when they when the series joined back together. Uh, so the book was basically just a cataloging of his experiences uh, told, you know, through the anecdotes of what happened on the racetrack, how they learned something, and how they applied the scientific method and modern medicine to make racing safer. And the movie is basically the same thing. But the way I came about the idea of making a feature documentary about it was that I was reading the book, and it was a lot of the stuff I had seen on television or seen once in clips or in a broadcast, but it was hard to visualize exactly what Dr. Olvey was writing about. And I thought, boy, this would be much clearer if I could see it. So at the time, uh, the book was pretty new. Go um, YouTube was brand new. 
And I was like, all right, let me go see this YouTube and I'll see if I can find these clips. And of course, most of them had been uploaded at that point in time. And so I could literally watch along with where I was reading and I could go, okay, this is what he's talking about, the way this car crashed. Okay, I can see that. And I would be able to piece it all together. And I read the book in one night doing that. And I basically decided the next day, I said, this is, this is a documentary film. Now, that happened in 2007, and it took about a year to get the rights to the book because there's a publishing company, and you have to get you know, the rights and the permission to do it. From there, the economy collapsed with the you know, uh, subprime yeah, mortgage. Yeah, 08. <laughs> oh, yeah, terrible years. Yeah. So everything kind of went down, and then in 2011, uh, all my, my energy went to me getting married. <laughs> and so it wasn't until uh, 2012, the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, when I knew I was, all right, well, I got to heal and we'll get, I'll get on the horse here. But uh, at that point, I had been uh, assistant editing for a while for um, my current partner, Roger Hins, and he did not come from any kind of a motorsports or a car background. And I was able to convince him to come out to the Long Beach Grand Prix and he thought that was really cool. Got him to come out to Indianapolis 500 with me as a guest when I went home. And he, he kind of got the bug. And then we attended a race in Las Vegas where, sadly, Dan Weldon, who was the Indy 500 champion that year, passed away. And it was an opportunity for me to kind of talk to him, uh, Roger, about the, the book. And so he wanted to read it at that point. And we agreed, okay this is something we could do. And then we had to sit down and actually put the package together. So that meant we had to reach out to Indianapolis Motor Speedway and find out who was going to be willing to talk to us on camera and, you know, such on and so forth. So it took, it took quite a bit of time. And then there was a lot of research that went into the film. I think we actually shot our first interviews, which were uh, Mario Andretti, Rick Mears. They happened in Indianapolis in May of 2015 was when we, rolled cameras and we actually shot the last interview about 11 months ago with Elio Castroneves at uh, Laguna Seca up wow. in Monterey. Wow. Well, it's incredible. The, the combination, I mean, this is a giant jigsaw puzzle that when I watched this went, man, somebody spent massive amount of time trying to piece all this together and make it a story that aligned with rapid response, the book. Um, you know, if you love racing, I mean, if you love adventure, uh, motorsports, uh, the people aspect, which is what it's all about, rapid response is very cool. Very excited to see this film come out. Uh, I got a secret sneak peek, which was very, very cool. Watched it several times. My wife kept coming in going, are you going to come to bed? And I go, no, I'm watching this film again. This is, this is really cool. Uh, it was just great. And I love the way it wrapped up with a huge story about Zanardi. And his horrific accident and losing his legs and legs and how they saved him, which if all this hadn't been in place, there's no way he would have survived that. I mean, that's one of the things that I think is incredible about this story is you actually can look at where Dr. Olvey started and then Dr. Trammell kind of joining, uh, you know, 60s, 70s, early 80s and the progression from hey, we just barely have seatbelts and open-face helmets and drivers don't want to be trapped in cars because they explode, to by the end, you see something that you go, nobody could ever survive that. And these guys calmly were able to save that, you know, save Alex and Artie's life. And, you know, you, you look at it, it's literally every single thing that they put into place across all of these years 
was perfectly needed and and executed at that time. Otherwise, that couldn't happen. And there are people who still who have looked at the research and who've looked at the injuries and say, that's impossible. If somebody has that kind of an accident, they won't live. (laughs) And they're constantly amazed as what. And and that's what IndyCar and I think motorsports and, you know, in general has done. And people will have to realize that a lot of what they've learned and what they've perfected on the racetrack, just like in engine building or traction control or whatever, the companies race and they take what they have learned from racing and they apply it to all car building. Oh, yeah. All kinds of things. And it's the same with the safety team. Yeah, cars have become so much safer now. It's just incredible. And racing, I, you watch these accidents, you don't know how the guys get out of the cars and walk away. It's just incredible. Very cool, very cool. Well, Michael, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. All right, Michael, we're back and I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in the garage, what would Michael be and why? You know, I struggled with this question, <laughs> but I, I really think I'm a Honda Accord. Okay. And I think that the reason for that is is that I'm just a very consistent, dependable person. I think that that's the, the at least the reputation and the reality for a lot of people is that their Accords are a car that they can get into. That car is going to start. And it's going to run for a long time. And <laughs> there you go. I love it. Okay, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Honda Accord throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
a car is a depreciating asset. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I wish I'd learned that at a younger age. I bought so many new cars. Now I'm advising my kids on cars and things. And yeah, find a car that's two or three years old that someone's been a maniac like me taking care of and uh, take that depreciation and just keep it in the bank. So uh, yeah, definitely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Yeah, this one's pretty straightforward for me. What I always tell people is you want to uh, succeed and you're new at a company or something like that, find a task. There's very often a task that is not very difficult and that nobody wants to do because it might be super tedious. And then a volunteer to do that job and do it really well without complaining, with a good spirit, and you will become very valuable to people. Absolutely. Yep. That's for sure. Going back to your dad's wise and sage advice. How about a resource? Is there one you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I mean, I just want to tell you guys to go visit www.rapidresponsemovie.com. You can see the trailer for the film. You can see information about the book. And I just really want to spread the message about the great work that Dr. Trammell and Dr. Olvey have done. They're, they're incredible people. They are. Absolutely. How about if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I've talked to so many people. I would have to say one that I wanted to talk to but have not is a driver, Marco Andretti, so the grandson of Mario. I'd love to have him on this show. Yeah, the Andretti's. You got Mario on your movie. They're hard guys to track down. I've tried. They Uh, are. Maybe one day. Yeah, they're very busy. That's that's probably the reason. How about a book? Is there a book that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? I kind of think I know what the answer to this is. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I always tell them, check out uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Olvey's Rapid Response. It's a great read. And then something that's non-motorsports, I have one other one. Uh, John Krakauer wrote Into Thin Air about climbing Mount Everest. And yeah. to me, it's a incredible read. Yeah. Um, you know what? My wife just read that because my son is getting into bouldering and climbing. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I had never read it before. And it's cool. I mean, it's there's so much in that more in that book uh, that you can take away from that, even if you're not into climbing. So uh, yeah, great book into thin air for sure. I'll make sure all these links are accessible on Michael Miles show notes page on the Car Chat website. Just go there, click on Michael Miles or put him in the search bar, I should say, and his page will pop right up. All right, Michael, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. I'm going to park a very cool collector car in your garage today. doesn't matter who it is, who belongs to it, or who it belongs to, I should say, or where it is. I'm going to acquire that car and give it to you, but there are some rules to this game. One is it's the only collector car you can have. The other is you need to drive it, no garage queens, and you can't sell it to fund your next film project. So that little trick is off the table. So if you want a Ferrari GTO, you're going to have to keep a Ferrari GTO. Not a bad thought. What can I buy you today? I love the question. And the reason I love the question is I'm a car guy who wants to actually have a vehicle that's going to get used. I never want to have a car in my garage that's going to sit there and just look pretty and be a museum piece. So this is a great one for me. I want a BMW, an E30 M3, so that first-generation M3, and I want to be Ah, able to drive it. Yeah, those are great cars. I've got plenty of friends. Uh, My good buddy, Dr. Bill, has a beautiful one he found. It's just stunning. Uh, Good friend, Douglas Peterson here in the Gig Harbor has a beautiful Hennerot E30 M3. I mean, they're, they're just wonderful cars. What color would you like yours to be so I get you the right car? I want red. Red. So, well, that, you know, I think they made two different reds, if I'm not 
wrong, but I love the henna rod because it's kind of an orange red, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. You know, Douglas was thinking about selling his car not too long ago. Maybe I could talk him out of Yeah, we should thing. talk off the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Oh, Michael, you've taken me on a great ride today, an exciting ride. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your incredible life story and this wonderful new movie, Rapid Response. Did you offer us a parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset? Since you're in California, the Coast Highway sounds like a nice drive today in that beautiful E30 M3. Man, a piece of wisdom. you have to give me a second to think about that. I don't know. I, I guess for me, it's just basically life is always going to be tough. And you can make it a little bit easier by just treating people with respect. And I find that when you do that, that other people treat you with respect and we we all lighten each other's load a little bit. Absolutely. The old age old golden rule always applies and it works oh so well. Give somebody a smile today, no matter who they are. Give them a compliment, uh, encourage them a little bit uh, and be grateful that you got to experience that time with them. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and this new film, Rapid Response? Well, our Rapid Response uh, movie page is www.rapidresponsemovie.com. In a couple of weeks, there will be uh, cities, theaters, and showtimes for where you can go see it in in the cinema. We also are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that can be just search Rapid Response Movie or Rapid Response Film on any of those platforms will come up. And the cool thing is, while you're on there, there's all kinds of exclusive behind-the-scenes clips and pieces from the movie or interviews that didn't make the movie with all these uh, famous drivers, Mario Andretti, Bobby Unser, uh, Parnelli Jones, Dan Gurney, a lot of the legends. So if you like motorsports or motoring, you can go on and see exclusive clips from famous people who are telling stories behind the scenes and enjoying themselves doing so. Absolutely. Well, since I had the luxury of watching this film, I can tell all of you I endorse it. I'm behind it. It's fantastic. You got to go see it. Very, very cool. Rapid Response. Watch the website, rapidresponsemovie.com, for where it will be in a movie theater near you. Michael, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your incredible life story with the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. This is a great time. I really appreciate it. It was great fun for sure. Be safe out there, everybody. Wear your seatbelt, head up, put the phone away. Take care. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!